Now is the time we record. All right, well, do you want to just kick us off with the intro? Well, the intro is me and Jennifer talking, and then you get frustrated and cut that out. Yeah, so maybe we could just skip all that and then kick off the episode. Nope. <laughs> Let's recap our whole days and months. Everything that's, well... All of the swearing that you've already cut yeah. out, which is hilarious. Uh, the unprofessionalism, which this time is your fault. What do you, I mean, I was just testing it. You're testing the order, which we talked about, that you're posting oh. the order. Well, that's your fault for not uh, factoring in my stupidity <laughs> and being direct. The, you know when, that Mean Girls meme where it says the limit does not exist? Yeah. That, it's very hard to factor in a limitless factor. Emily and I have been spending the last couple days, uh, well, she's visiting Reno for the holidays. Yeah, it's holiday time. And we've been hanging out, so now we're extra sassy and cranky. Yeah, I'm also on my period, so I'm also sassy, extra sassy. I'm in the girdle of pain. I would apologize to you, but we talk about periods constantly on this podcast, and also I think I've subjected you to many, many years of appearing these things. Mm-hmm. I don't really hold back. We also did a whole like pads campaign once at my work, and I got to hear a lot about periods then. What, what was the most interesting thing that you learned during that pads campaign well it was just weird because they did we did like a panel and then so they like pulled one of our like our like teen sexual health um educator um so i got to learn about like her first period (laughs) what was it what was the story i don't know it was like the typical like she was on a trip like with her friends like Uh, with her like friend's family and uh, then like she got it and then her mom had to or her friend's mom had to like usher her through womanhood Uh, i got my first period on the day princess diana died oh that's interesting (laughs) is that so it's a very memorable event for me was that like a like pour one out for our homies type of situation i guess my ovaries are like rip she was a real (laughs) she was a real classy lady Time to, time to, one, one angel leaves this world, one enters it. (laughs) Is it like a, like a, kind of like, it's a wonderful life situation? Every time a princess dies, a woman gets her period. Okay, I don't know, yeah. Like, every time a, like, girl gets her first period, an angel gets her wings or something like that. Well, I don't know if you know this, but pads, the little things on the side that mm. go under your underwear to hold them in place mm-hmm. are called wings. Okay, yeah. Oh, I like it. Yeah. It's a nice little... So it, it fits. Also, I the thing I learned that I didn't know about before was toxic shock. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's quite rare, but yeah, they, they, they drill a lot of that fear into you and mm. the girls' health portion of mm. junior high. Also, I learned a lot about Diva Cups. Yeah, you might know more about Diva Cups than me, as I don't know very much. I'm not terribly coordinated, so I fear myself using a Diva Cup. I hear it's like... I feel like I would get blood on the ceiling somehow. Like, I hear there's a bit of, like, a learning curve, but then, like, once you figure it out, it's, like, pretty easy. Yeah. It's like doing your hair. You know, like, with a hair tie or something, you're just like... And that's all there. It's <laughs> a great analogy. <laughs> also, I just kind of pictured making a ponytail in my vagina, so... That's like basically what a diva cup. It's like a weird because yeah, it's like silicon and you gotta like flip it in and yeah, out. Yeah, you gotta kind of like pop and then yeah, and then you gotta like to like 
I'm not worried about putting it in. It's the taking it out mm. without like accidentally flinging blood all over the bathroom. Yeah, I think some the woman there was one woman who was like super like diva cups are the best. Everyone should have a diva cup, and she was like. She did it in the shower the first couple times. Oh, and that's then, smart. And then Just after that, yeah, and then after that, she said she was pretty confident about using it without any leakage or anything. So. Interesting. And that's what I know about periods, everyone. Goodbye. Wait, I do want to add one thing for one of the best things I learned recently about my period. I have horrible cramps, and I've always especially the last 10 years, like pushing on my lower back usually makes me feel a lot better. Mm -hmm. So like I'll put icy hot on my lower back when I have cramps and I just assumed- Which I just witnessed. Yeah, he did witness that. Um, And I just assumed that like my uterus was leaning back because it's like lazy and it's just sort of leaning back in its chair. And so somehow putting icy hot on my back was touching the uterus. I don't, I'm not the smartest person I've, I've sort of eliminated my intestines in this scenario but anyway uh it works and i recently was talking to my friend who is a doula a post-birth doula and has a kid and is about to have a second kid actually now he's pregnant oh yeah um and she uh she said that that is a pressure point when you're going into labor they teach you to push Oh, uh-huh. And so it's not actually that I'm touching it. It's just a weird pressure point. Mm. So that really wasn't a thing I learned about my period, per se, is I don't know what I would call that. I also like how you diagnosed yourself with uh, a lazy uterus. Uh-huh. I feel like that's something like you'd like hear like a doctor say. Like, <laughs> You've got a lazy oh, you got a lazy uterus. Well, actually, I'm, I was, your uterus hangs to the right, and I was like, Really? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, what does that mean? And she's like, probably nothing. But, like, it's just the way it's shaped. And I was like, oh, no one's ever told me that before. So it does... I I mean, it's kind of, instead of being, like, a helium balloon, it's sort of a helium balloon that's deflated mm. and gone to the right. Mm-hmm. Is it kind of like your, your penis, where, like, some penises have, like, a curve to it or something like that? Maybe. I don't think it comes from the same. Well, I mean, a penis is just curved because they curve, so I guess mm. uteri just curve because they curve. I keep seeing when I go to the gym and there's like CNN or something like that. There's a bu- like a commercial with like a bunch of crude, like curved vegetables. Yeah. And I don't know what it has to do with, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure they're supposed to be penises. Is it like an er- erection medicine? No, I think it's like your penis is not supposed to be curved like that, but I think it's like an extreme curve. It's like. Most like of a them are like curve. yeah. Some of them are like you know a slight left or a slight right. Yeah. And this is like a hard left. Like a like a it's like, like a right angle. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. I I feel like if your penis need a commercial, you shouldn't need a commercial to tell you to go to a doctor for that. It's a a boomer boomer wing. A boomer. <laughs> that's the that's where we put the theme music <laughs> after boomer wing. It's not gonna get better. Emily and I am recording with not Jennifer. Was that the real intro? You guys never wait. I just waited. No, you didn't. 
Okay, well, okay. let me eat some blueberries and we'll start again. Okay. Your mouth is full of blueberries. You gave them to me. <laughs> Welcome to All Things Terror. Uh, this is Emily, and I am recording a special episode with not Jennifer. Hi, everyone. It's Clint. This is still the podcast where we tell you stories of a about true things from science history and true crime that will terrify you, but instead of my normal delightful co-host, who I love and cherish, I'm recording with the hated, terrible sound editor who we abuse, Clint. And I am so sick of you guys just messing up this podcast all the time that I have come to present my own story I got here like an hour ago, ready to go, and you were like, oh, my computer sucks, oh, my house is echoey, oh, drink some whiskey, have some blueberries. So, uh, you under you became the chaos, which has so far plagued you. Well, I mean, chaos happens, it's how you deal with it, um, which determines if you're professional or not. And I have to say that you have not been dealing with this chaos in a professional way. What? I've been sitting here quietly. I've been supporting your choices. I've been eating frozen things, which you gave me because you have no other food in your house, and getting drunk. Well, it sounds like we're off to a good start for All Things Terror. Pretty typical. Yep. Um, so... Exactly in line with how we behave all the time. Um... So we went out for drinks a couple days ago, and I gave you a few hints about my topic, and I challenged you to see if you could guess it. So do you have a guess of... I, I told you it was about going crazy. It was a syndrome. And this, it's a syndrome. And I asked if it was Cotard syndrome, which is where people think that they're dead. Mm, and mm, you said no. No. I kind of wondered if it was maybe Phantom Limb, but then that's sort of not... I don't think you would do that. That was pretty close to what, Alien Hand. Yeah, you guys kind of talked, Alien talked about Phantom Limb. Um, I'm surprised it's not Cotard Syndrome, because I feel like the zombie similarity would be something you would like. Mm. Syndrome is a really specific word. Do you want... Another clue? No, I just want you to tell me the story. Well... Also, at the end of this recording, we're going to eat burritos, so... <laughs> You're trying to hurry it along. I'm trying Here. really hard to enjoy the process <laughs> without being like, uh-huh, uh-huh, and then what? Yep, we're done. <laughs> uh, you, hey. can, you can make me guess more if you want. Okay, so I'll just give you one more hint, and if you can't get it, we'll get into it. So, it has the name of a famous city <gasps> in it. Fuck you, I know what it is. What is it? Paris Syndrome. It's Paris Syndrome. And I know where you yeah. got it from, too. Where did I get it from? James. Well, I think this was um, something Kurt would talk about a lot. So I think I first heard it from him. I was trying to figure out when I first encountered it. But yes, it's... James told me about Paris Syndrome. Or yes! Syndrome de Paris or Paris Chococon. You could do better with that. Chococon. 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 Paris Chococon. Ah! Uh, 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 uh. Okay, so yeah. Um, so oh, wait, pause. Because you sassed me the other night because you said, you talk about your boyfriend, and your boyfriend is James, but James is also my friend. So now you need to say, my boyfriend, who is Clint's friend. First, So that's yes. where you got this from. 
I've, Possibly. I still think it was Kurt, who, who's also friends with, with James. James. And yeah. You. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I do agree that so there you, you need go. To I've s- given you what you, you wanted. You need to say my boyfriend, who knew Clint first. I also call uh, bridesmaid. What's it? Maid of honor. Since I introduced you guys. You call maid of honor. Yeah. If we get married. Uh huh. I mean, I have a sister. <laughs> Well, so here, I'll call her later and and (laughs) And say, like, this is the scenario. Can you give us a comment? (laughs) And we'll insert what Elizabeth's comment is. Right. Right here. Whoa, 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 whoa. Now, I didn't put up with this big sister for nothing. There was a goal at the end of the tunnel here. Okay. So anyway, um, yes, Paris Syndrome. Um, so this is basically, uh, what I heard when I first heard it, I heard it was a term for whenever basically a, um, traveler goes into like, ex- just like extreme culture shock and, um, basically, um, goes into like a feud state or whatever, um, while they're traveling. Um, all, all I know about it is I, I Googled it and looked at it for like two seconds and it was like when... The Eiffel t- like when the city doesn't live up to your expectations or something and you feel extremely disoriented. Mm-hmm. So you already are telling me something I don't know. Well, so I, that's what I heard was is a, it was about travelers. And the reason it was called Paris Syndrome is because it um, most often happens to Japanese people when they're visiting Paris. Weird. Um, yes. But I when, during my research, I haven't. It was only that kind of localized thing. Hmm. It wasn't like a general term. So I don't know if it's used as a general thing or this like happens a lot to other people. In other places. Yeah, in other places. Um, I did, so during my research there were like similar phenomena. So there's uh, Jerusalem syndrome is when you go to the city of Jerusalem and you become like obsessed with like religious iconography. Jesus. Yeah. Well, no, it's not just Jesus, like Muslim and Jewish Muhammad, and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. It's to, like anyone that can go there. Um, so it's, Wait, I have a question for you. Yeah. Maybe you can answer this. You and I were both raised quite secular. Mm-hmm. I get why Jesus is associated with the Holy Land. I get why Muhammad is associated with the Holy Land. But Jews are all Old Testament. What Old Testament thing happened that puts them in the Holy Land? I don't know. Like I think it was is like... Is that a, where Moses ended up after he left Egypt? I, it's like a promised land. I'm not a big theologian or something like that. But like... God, God, like when they left Egypt, they're like, oh, you're promised this land, right? Right, because it wandered in the desert for yeah. 40 years or whatever the fuck. Yeah, so God made them an IOU. Okay, okay. And that's, they're trying to, that's they're the trying to figure out where to where to cash it in. Poor so, Jews. Yeah. No, they were, uh, they've had a really rough time. They're the ones who stuck with the whole monotheism thing, right? They've been like that forever. And then Christians come along and act like it's their idea and just like take the whole thing over. And just yeah. like some long-haired hippies like running around talking about like loving thy neighbor Right? And they're just like, I don't know. I don't know about what these kids are saying these days. The weirdest thing to me is that in America, Christians are very... Well, not all Christians. There's a strong sect of, like, really shitty Christians Mm -hmm. who are all, like, prosperity doctrine Mm -hmm. and, like, Jesus hates this and that. But, as I understand it, the Old Testament is a vengeful God and the New Testament is loving hippie Jesus. So really all Christians should be basically Protestants. 
I don't know. American not, evangelical Christianity doesn't make a lot of sense. There's a lot in it that doesn't make sense to but me. But also, Jews are so chill. But they only believe in the Old Testament, which is very, like, that's when God's doing all his, like, wrathful shit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Well, I heard they don't even, I don't know, like, I heard that they don't even, like, believe in heaven. Like, if you go Old Testament, Jewish, and stuff like that, yeah, it's just, like, just die, and that's it. Sounds kind of nice. And you might be close to God. I don't know. Two people raised super psycho discuss religion. This would actually this would be, be a fun podcast, podcast of just, like, Clint and Emily try to figure out Stuff basic, they don't know. <laughs> basic things that you learn in Sunday school. <laughs> anyway, okay. Paris syndrome. So, okay, so... Um, Jerusalem syndrome, Paris. So, uh, I was looking, the uh, symptoms are delusional states, Ooh. hallucinations, feelings of persecution, uh, derealization, depersonalization, anxiety, and then also uh, dizziness, like high high blood pressure, like elevated heart rates, sweating, uh, and other symptoms such as vomiting. Um, so pretty much all the symptoms that you get from editing this podcast. Bunch. How much do you vomit when you? Edit <laughs> I, too much. Too much. Yeah. Clint, do you have an eating disorder? <laughs> um, well, I was gonna say vomiting and sweating could also be like. Uh, you're getting Teresa, you know, traveler's diary oh, situations. Uh-huh. I, I bet, I mean, that might come into it, but... Um, Man, the fucking depersonalization, hallucinations, mm-hmm, high blood pressure, mm-hmm. it's like, what the fuck? Yeah, That's there's, insane. There's some crazy stuff. Um, let me see. Uh, what was, there was one? Let me look at this list. A victim, perceptions of being a victim of prejudice is... What? Yeah, I'm, so let me look. Like you're, uh, you're having a mild like here, dip so, into the toe of, um, oh, what's that mental, schizophrenia or something. So um, according to uh, Pathologic Travel. Um, <laughs> oh, God, that sounds like a fun website. Um, it's interesting. So they kind of talk about parasyndrome in two different, there's like mode one and like mode two. And, like, mode one is actually, um, like, the travel is a symptom of your psychosis. So, so Whoa. yeah, so you're actually, like, driven to travel because you're crazy. Oh, my gosh. I There's this, like, unsolved person's case where this guy, like, disappears from Washington. And then they, like, find him, like, shot dead in, like, Knoxville, Tennessee, and he had like drawn all this money out and he had like flown one place and then flown another and then like nobody could figure out what was going on and he mm-hmm. being super radically. But that would he was like he had a psychosis that drove a travel that would explain that. I mean, yeah. I don't remember his name. It was it was really interesting in this article because it was very it was like weirdly philosophical about like the the like relationship between like the traveler and like traveling or like is it like, is the travel caused by, you know, another psychosis, or also um, the travel is a trigger to the psychosis? Mm-hmm. So some examples. Um, one, um, this doctor says, from Tokyo, uh, she said she heard the voice of the Virgin Mary begging her to come to Notre Dame Church in Paris. Um, another guy, so they talk about how this is more of, like, a, a flight you know, like survival yeah. mechanism. Um, some patients have only uh, one idea in mind: to flee at all costs. 
the haunting voices that persecute them and prevent them from sleeping. Yeah, that uh, does sound like a poem. Oh, you like this. So, uh, well, two women believe their hotel room was bugged and there was a plot against them. Uh, one guy uh, was convinced he was the, the French Sun King. <gasps> the motherfucking Sun King! Oh, what? So one guy thought he was Louis XIV. Uh, another woman thought she was being attacked with microwaves. Um, and then, yeah, that. What, let me see. I have some more detailed examples. Um, let me see. Okay. Um, type 1 example. Uh, there was a 39-year-old patient hospi hospitalized, um, hospitalized? Yeah, hospitalized with megalomaniac themes, declaring that she had come to become queen of Sweden, Finland, or Denmark. Or Denmark. Yeah. So not Anne. Yeah. Or. <laughs> Listen, I'm fucking here. Give me one of these three countries. Also, I would love it if they're like, ma'am, you're in France. I know. That's what I was wondering, too. I'm like... <laughs> They're just like, well, that's Fuck great. Fuck you! <laughs> I'm here I'm, to be queen of Sweden, Denmark, or Finland. I'll take whatever you, you got. And they're like, okay, first of all, you're in a hospital in Reno, Nevada. We have no ambassadorial like bargaining privileges, but also you are not in those countries, ma'am. Um, so they said this was... They wouldn't even do that. They just have a little IV and they're like... <laughs> Here's your shush shush juice and, like, pump some sedatives in there. Um, so they said this event was triggered by a, a poster advertising travel in France and Tokyo, and it said, France is waiting for you. Oh, that's kind of ominous. Yeah. France and that was waiting like, for you. That's, that's, she, like, thought that was, like, come to France, it's waiting for you to become the Queen of Denmark or something like right. that. But she had... Um, uh, I think since the age of 19, she had already been hospitalized twice for schizophrenia. So, um... Oh, wow. Yeah. There was a big debate, too, on, like, whether or not this is really real, or into, like, if this is really caused by something happening, or if it's, like, these people already have underlying... They have something else. Like, issues, yeah. And then it just, um, gets triggered. Oh, that's crazy. Um, and then the other... The other example... So they have pathological travel type two. Um, and this is like where you've been somewhere for a couple place, like a couple months, and then you develop these symptoms. So they talked about a, a theater year old man who um, arrived in September of 1994 to study fine art in Reims. Um, but then he like stopped just like doing his studies and he just remained in isolation for two months there. And oh then he God. traveled to Paris where he settled in a hotel. Um, and then the hotel, like a hotel concierge or something, um, called the, the Japanese, um, embassy. And he was like complaining about like hallucinatory activity, voices threatening to kill him and his family. Oh my God. Um, and then he had like insomnia, anorexia, massive, um, anxiety, kind of like depression, uh, but they said he had no history, and then there was no follow-up afterwards. What the fuck? Yeah. Um, they are like, come and get him and do whatever you want, but we're not following up. Yeah. Well, oh. it was just like, I, I don't think, it was like he didn't have any episodes. Oh, to, afterwards. Yeah, to be hospitalized, right? He wasn't hospitalized for any other, like, psycho psychotic breaks. I mean, one of those, like, this one sounds like when you, like, put someone in, um, 
Or what is the fuck when you are in prison and you misbehave and they... Oh, uh... What solitary it, confinement. Yeah, solitary confinement. Like, everywhere else except the United States considers it inhumane and they don't mm. do it because you go crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you lose all sense of time and you can't, like, um, like, finish sentences or think clearly. Like, it sounds like if you are that isolated, you... you your mind breaks in a weird way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, Jesus. yeah. They have to, so let me see. Um, since, so it was kind of like first coined in 1986 by <gasps> Professor... That's the year I was born. I was born a year later. Yeah. Well, that's where all the crazy. Worse. That's when all the crazy started. Was in 1986. So. 86 from birth, baby. I don't know if that's a, a coincidence or correlative, right? We've already had a discussion on the podcast yeah. of how intense my birthday is. So, <laughs> of course, the year 1986 would also be intense. That's also the year that uh, Chernobyl happened. Mm. The Chernobyl meltdown was April oh, okay. 1986. Hmm. Um, well, the world was just preparing just for going crazy birth. yeah <laughs> it's like in like fiction when they're like oh there's signs of demons and there's like cattle deaths and like weird mm-hmm. hailstorms and that sort of thing do I have 666 tattooed on my head we'll never know I've never <laughs> shaped it <laughs> um, so it was first like coined by professor Hitoki uh, Ota Hitoki um, Ota and uh, it was a Japanese um, psychiatrist who was working in France. Um, and basically, so let me see. There have been about um, 62 cases. Wow, that's not many. Um, well, that's to like since 1988. Yeah. So there's uh, about 20 cases a year that they see. Um, and about, they say about 1 million Japanese tourists travel to France every year. Wait, there's been 66 cases. Since, 63. Since 1988? Yeah. Oh, from 1988 to 2004. This was like really big in like the mid to late 2000s. Like you saw all the articles are like from that time. And then people stopped caring after like 2011. I don't. I haven't seen any articles about it. <laughs> we so. we have bigger problems. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then 20 Japanese tourists a year freaking out. Basically. We don't give a shit. Get it together. <laughs> um. So they say w- women are also susceptible, particularly those in their early 30s on their first international trip, Aww. which is not you. Nope. Um. I am in my. Early slash mid thirties, but I have been on international trips. Mm-hmm. Um, As of you, so I, presumably we'd be okay. Yeah. Um, I was I was able so like the first like big article was um, in Nerve, like a French psychiatric magazine, which either mean, means rib or nerve in English. <laughs> <laughs> I Google translated it because I'm like, I think this is nerve, but it was like rib. And I'm like, I don't think you're right. And then like two translations down, it was like, oh, is it nerve? And I'm like, that might be the, that might be it. It might be either. (laughs) My favorite things are when you look at translations and then they'll say something like in the original language, this rhymes. Or when like a translation will be like, let me explain the like double entendre or the pun that's mm-hmm, going. Mm-hmm. That it cracks me up so bad. I, so maybe like in French, 
the fact that rib and nerve are similar yeah. is like oh, oh it's like a, a bunch thing. of jokes. Yeah. I hear too Japanese humor is really hard to translate because it's very pun oriented. And really? so yeah, so you'll like you'll get like uh, I remember a video game guy talking about how weird the translation was because mm-hmm. it'd be like pickles. I thought you said baseball cards. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, this is kind of the opposite, but um, I've traveled abroad several times. Uh, sometimes I know the language very well, and sometimes I don't. And one of the things that after com- going abroad and coming back that I hate about America, and now it like, gives me anxiety every time I see it, is that Americans, I only have ever seen this in America. Uh, like, if you're in a restaurant and you go to the bathroom, they'll have, like, cutesy things on the bathroom. Like, oh, uh-huh. Cowboys and cowgirls, or, like, <laughs> chicks and hens, or, well, not chicks and hens. That would be, like, hens and roosters oh, or something. Uh-huh. yeah. But think about if you don't know the language very well. That oh, would uh-huh. be so absolutely insane. You'd walk up and be like, what fucking bathroom do I use? I've kind of heard about that. Like, people complain about, like, when they go to the America, they're like, what's going on here? <laughs> Why are why are there bathrooms for animals? Right, I or like even when they have pictures of like, I I don't even know, but it's like a snowman and a snow girl or something, and you're just like, what do I do? Uh, and so fuck America. That is like now I see that in a restaurant, and I'm like, well, this gives me anxiety, even though I do understand the language. Um. So uh, anyway, so it's described as like a combo between jet lag. Uh, being disappointed in France and missing Japan. <laughs> being disappointed in France. <laughs> um, I love that that's a, sim- a symptom of a syndrome. I'm disappointed <laughs> in France. So you just wake up one morning and you're like, I'm very disappointed in France today. So, like uh, they're your child. Yeah. France, you're not... I'm you, not mad. You're drinking I'm too much wine. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you didn't pick up after yourself. After World War II, it's just your toys are right. everywhere. <laughs> Napoleon, stop misbehaving. If, uh, so anyway, uh, Mario Renoir, he's the president of the Franco-Japanese Medical Association. Hmm. Um, he says, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Des Japonese entre mal du uh, pays to mal de Paris. Which, which translates to uh, the Japanese are caught between homesickness and Paris sickness. Oh my god! So um, this was a lot of fun to research because a lot of the like hardcore, you know, like a lot of the articles or like studies of it like are in France or French so, or Japanese. So you had to Google translate. Yeah. I had I I found like a an article about this um, Dr. Ota, like talking about it, but I can only get the abstract because the original article is one in Japanese, and two, you have to, like, request, like, the article from the um, Japanese, like, Science Association, and they will only mail it to you. They won't send you a PDF of it. Yeah, they were like, don't ask for a PDF because we're not sending it to you, and then it was also in Japanese, so. What is happening in Japan? That's a great question. I think we'll get to that later. Do you watch, um, you have Netflix, right? Mm-hmm. Do you watch Queer Eye, the new Queer, Queer Eye at all? Their most recent episode, their most recent season, for reasons, un- like, unexplained, are is just in Japan. They're just in Japan. And the whole time, I'm just like, this is a very weird place. It's very weird. I have a list of weird things 
About Japan. About Japan. Oh, yeah, excellent. In my I can't wait for it. Um, so, um, and two, I just want to say uh, it's really funny because, like, the, the Japanese doctor, he's like, oh, this is like a cultural barrier and people don't communicate. And there's a lot of, like, cultural differences. And then um, basically, the French doctors like fuck you. Yeah, they're all just like, yeah, <laughs> Japanese people are a bunch of pussies, and like, they do this to themselves. And they complain about um, Japanese um, unrealistic everyone, like expectations. Yeah, of everyone France. complains about Japanese. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Okay. So do you want to talk next about how much France sucks or how weird Japan is? I really want to end with how weird Japan is because I'm very excited for that, but also I think that's how we should end. Okay, okay. Um, Have you ever been to France, Clint? I have not been to France. I do, I had two um, friends, a French couple, who uh, we called the Frenchies, very creative nickname for them. I know. Um, But they were uh, really cool and they were super nice. Um, and they're just a ton of fun to hang out with, but they weren't from Paris. They're from Brittany. So I don't know if that, uh, factors into it. I have been to Paris. Oh, okay. And everyone was like, oh, Parisians are so rude, but I didn't think they were rude. Like I felt like, I feel Americans are really the rudest to tourists. Like when I was in Paris, I didn't, I don't speak French. I learned like, excuse me, please. Um, but when I went there, I would say, like, you know, allez-vous anglais, and they would be like, oh. and, um, they would, they would ask me if I spoke French, and I would just say, no, but I speak, like, Italian and Spanish, <laughs> and, like, I made a joke, and then they were kind of nice, but it was, like, one of those weird things where they were like, why do you come here and just expect that I'm gonna speak English, like, they were kind of snotty in that way, and I was like, well, they kind of deserve to be, like, <laughs> I, I didn't think they were any ruder than, like, like if I only spoke French and was in like Chicago or something. Mm-hmm. Probably not Chicago because they're the Midwest, which is chill AF. Um, but anyway, tell me why France sucks. So it's cold there, I think. Well, um, so one thing in like another article, they said um, the main source of attraction are culture, language, literature, history, uh, visiting famous sites, but also music, classical dance, cooking fine arts, and especially fashion. Wait, that's why you go to... That's, that's, yeah. I mean, that was just, like, the very clinical term of, like, why France is um, appealing to Japanese people. And, you know, it's just, like, that typical, like, post, like, World War II, or just, like, you know, there's, like, it's music playing and like soft light and um, right it's gonna be very you know, like, like romantic yeah baguettes cute, everywhere cafes. um let me see let me find this quote by renoir again um the magazines feed the fantasies of the uh japanese who think uh there are models everywhere women dressed in Bhutan. so like you know like women just like everyone's supposed to be just like super fashionable yeah. like very thin yeah um very glamorous and that thing um and then so i was looking at like you know the complaints or what france is really like and like a big problem is like the weather you know like it rains and that sort of thing um you know there's a lot of like crime um there's like graffiti and stuff so it's like not very clean um which is something to like japanese people aren't really used to they're used to like very clean environment yeah Um, it isn't terribly clean 
it's, you know, like the servers are rude um, or that sort of thing. There was a quote that says, um, in Japan, if you go to a shop, the customer is king. And when you go to France, the attendants barely acknowledge your existence. Um, and then two, um, they say that's just like a big uh, communication barrier since, um, you know, French is a Latin language. Yeah. It's not at all related to Japanese. So there's a lot of just like, you could, like I think even like from French to English, you could kind of like say some words or like make some gestures and kind of get along that way. But Japanese and French are just like so, so foreign and different. Yeah. And there's so many like different like cultural. Like the, the way that you would communicate like confusion with someone you couldn't speak would be so different culturally. Mm -hmm. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. um, what else is there? Um, Paris, I think too, before I went to Paris, uh, I went to Paris when I was studying, studying abroad in Italy and I went to Paris thinking it would be kind of like Rome, like very walkable and like very, like Rome is super accessible. Like you can land in Rome and they have like signs to get to like the Colosseum and like you're walking through like a cute little city and you turn a corner and there's the Trevi Fountain or whatever and it's it's sort of convivial like there are tourists and locals and it's like a big city and it's all mixed together um, and so when I went to Paris I was kind of expecting that but Paris is very much not like that it's it's huge it's spread out mm -hmm. geographically so much that like it's like being in Chicago or New York. You can do one thing a day. Mm -mm. You you can do the Louvre or something else or something else. You cannot do two things. Mm -hmm. And um, even like it's it's very much like going to New York and thinking that you're going to be in Brooklyn and the Bronx and mm -hmm. the Upper East Side in the same day. That's fucking impossible. Like you're setting yourself up to have a nervous breakdown. Yeah. Um, That's one of the causes they think too. Yeah. So um, from this uh, Mikowski, and it's like a journal that um, tracks like behavioral health issues and like immigrants and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so it said uh, the language barrier was a big problem. Um, interpersonal relationships are like very important to Japanese people. Um, in Japanese culture, there's a big pressure to be a part of a group and to conform to the group. So once you go to once you go to France, it's very isolating, and they're really like disconnected from from what they feel comfortable with. Um, disappointment linked to contact with everyday reality. Um, so once again, to this, they have this That's like. That's the name of my biography. Disappointment <laughs> linked to everyday reality. Oh great! And then uh, Jennifer is uh, people who like trees more than people, right? <laughs> Actually, I saw a book the other day that I texted to James, my boyfriend, your friend, that was called Fartology. And I was like, somebody <laughs> stole the name of my biography. And then he said, I wrote that book. <laughs> That's funny. Um, and then also they say that, like, Japanese people, too, they have, like, very, they're very focused on work. Right, they have okay. like they work a ton in Japan. Yeah. So like, if they do to like take a vacation, it's a lot shorter. And then um, Japanese yeah. people are trying to like jam all do these activities. All the shit. And yeah. You just, you just legitimately cannot do it. Mm hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, and so they're just like trying to jam so much stuff yeah. in it that they like can't they they can't do it and they get like over. I will say that like this started off sounding really weird, but the more that you talk about it, the more that I'm remembering when I went to Paris. And there was one part where like I was with my boyfriend at the time. And we were walking somewhere, and we were on the Champs Elysees, and I just started crying. And he's like, "What's wrong?" And I was just like, "There's too much happening. Like, there was like a lot of traffic, and we were like gonna do one thing, and I don't. We weren't even like doing a lot. I think we were just wandering around, and I was just like, ugh. Like, I don't. There's just just like this weird pressure about being in Paris. Um, I I I feel like people might also feel that way when they go to New York City that mm-hmm. they're gonna do all the things and they need to have like the New York City moment. I've seen it in, but like New York City also has this reputation of being like rude and stupid and like chaotic. Yeah. Whereas Paris is just supposed to be romantic and pretty all the time. Well, that's too. They were talking about like this doesn't happen in New York a lot because like people know what to expect and yeah. like New York leans into like gritty kind of like yeah, rude sort of yeah. thing, but. Um, from uh, a, I fucking love New York. James and I are going there in January. I'm very excited. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. It was a good time. When I went there, I was on an, a, a, like a reporter's assignment. So it was like very hectic and me like running around, like getting there at like three in the morning and that sort of thing. And then me like falling a, asleep at like Central uh, Central Park to get like an hour of sleep so I could like function and like do my job. But, like a little raccoon. Yeah, I still had a great time though. Well, I, I spent a summer there. I lived there for a summer. Mm. Um, I used to, it was before I had a smartphone, hashtag. I'm oh geez, old. yeah. And um, so I used to like figure out, cause I lived in the Pratt dorms for the summer, uh-huh. which was like at the tip, it's like the Southern tip of the Manhattan financial district. And um, I used to be like, well, where am I going today? And I would like plot directions. And then I would just follow. And if I got lost, I'd just be like, well, I'm just hanging out in this neighborhood today. (laughs) And one time, this was like one of my best days. I was trying to go to like the Contemporary Art Museum. And I should have gone basically due north, but I didn't want like, or no, I needed to go northeast. And I went like due north. And I just got fucking lost. And I got to a point, I mean, I never left Manhattan because Manhattan's on a numbered grid. So you can find your way back. Yeah, uh uh-huh. Brooklyn's just chaos but um i uh so i i was lost and i knew i was lost after like 30 minutes of walking and i had a book and i was like well fuck it i'll just sit down there's like an italian restaurant and i was like oh i'll just sit down and have a glass of wine and read my book and that'll be my day instead of going to the museum and i did that and i'm sitting there having a glass of wine at this italian restaurant and it it turned out being a really great italian restaurant and like i I I think I was like ordering my second glass of wine or something and I ordered it in Italian and so the waiter was like talking to me in Italian it was really fun and then I was just sitting there reading on the sidewalk and this guy walked by and I was wearing like a little beret hat because I, I had a pixie cut and so you needed uh, a hat when it was when I didn't fix it okay so I was wearing this little beret and this guy like it's old guys walking by and just sits down across from me and starts laughing and he's like look at you he's like you're wearing a beret you're drinking wine on bleaker mcdougall which is in hindsight this famous bleaker mcdougall is like this crazy famous spot of like the 1960s counterculture hippie thing okay but i hadn't realized that's where i was and he was just like oh my god look at you and i was just like okay (laughs) and so he's like talking with me and he's like i'll have what she's having he like gets his glass of wine he's like all right i'm gonna tell you all these rooftop bars to go to and he like writes them down napkin and just like pays for my wine and his wine and like leaves and i was like what the 
Um, those are just the fun sort of interactions you have while traveling. Also, one time I was in Chinatown with my family. They were visiting, and I saw a woman with a toddler, and she pulled the toddler's pants down so she could pee on the sidewalk. (laughs) Well, at least the toddler has an excuse. I've just seen grown people just... I have peed. I've yeah. peed in just about every major city I've been in. <laughs> I have the bladder. It is the size of a walnut. I used to. I used to live in the Bay Area, and I lived in Oakland. And I used to. And I would come from South San Francisco, so it was like an hour to an hour and a half. And like in between, there's just like no good bathroom spots oh or whatever. God. So I just remember, and it's about like three or four blocks from like my subway stop to my house, and just like running. You know, just, like, trying to, like, get home so I could go to the bathroom. Did you ever pee your pants? I did not pee my pants. Did you ever stop and pee on the sidewalk? Uh, sometimes I did. Found a nice corner. I think it only happened once or twice. I, not where Jennifer lives now. Hey, Jennifer. But in her old house, one time I was visiting, and Jennifer, Daniel, her husband, and I were driving from their house to downtown Austin to, like, do Austin stuff. Mm-hmm. And it took an hour. And I had to pee so bad and we got to a bar or restaurant and I peed and it was fine but I just was like how do you go anywhere in the city without constantly peeing your pants <laughs> like I like, legitimately it was just like if it takes you an hour to get everywhere how are you not just peeing your pants all the time Austin is a sprawl we visited her a while ago and it took forever to get it's anywhere it's Vegas is like that too yeah but Vegas is just spread out the traffic in mm-hmm. Vegas is nothing compared to Austin it's mm-hmm. bananas yeah mm-hmm. that makes sense all right, so we've established that France is a lie, right? France is a lie. Yeah. <laughs> well, you think you're going to a cute countryside, and it's just a fucking big city. Yeah. Paris, and then the rest of France, who the fuck knows? Yeah. I've never been there. No one's ever been there. It's not real. All right. Do you so, want some of this beer, by the way? Do you need no, more whiskey? Okay. No, I have whiskey over here. All right, sorry. All right. Continue. Um, okay, so... Now, uh, the subhead for this section of my notes is Japan, land of nice people. Are they nice or just passive-aggressive? Um, they're nice, but they're so repressed. That they don't just even so, know what yeah, it they means don't know. to not yeah. nice. Yeah, basically. Well, I feel like, so I lived in the South where they're also super repressed. Mm-hmm. And so then they fucking drink so much and they party so hard. Like, Mardi Gras is a huge fucking deal in New Orleans because they're so repressed all the other times that they have to, like, bah! And Mardi Gras is like, we can party now. It's not a sin. Yeah. Right? That, it's like, football. What did the, what was the joke? The four seasons in the South are football, crawfish, Mardi Gras, and something else. <laughs> Hurricanes. Actually, either might, either the right. drink or you the weather phenomenon. You might be right phenomena. because during hurricane, when I moved there, like we were in this meeting for new faculty, and someone was like, "What do you do during hurricane season?" Like I am from Minnesota, and um, and I was like, "Yes, I would like to know that." I have mostly lived in landlocked states, New Mexico, Illinois, Nevada, and they're like, "Fucking crack open your beers," and they're like, "What?" And they're like, "Yeah, you just have a party. Your power's gonna go out, so you gotta eat all your food and drink all your alcohol," and we were like. That's not the answer we were looking for, but that's the only answer I ever got of what Louisianans do during a hurricane is get 
fucked up. Well, I guess if you're a super expert like Jen, you're supposed to also yell at the weather. Yeah, like shoot a gun into the storm. <laughs> and then so crawfish. Take that, Sharknado. Crawfish season is only when the crawfish are fresh, but the recipe for crawfish is you boil them as long as it takes to drink a beer. That's like, oh, uh-huh. they'll like legitimately print that in recipe books. <laughs> so that's like, and that's, then Mardi Gras and football, football, like Baton Rouge, the whole city would shut down. Mm-hmm. So all of these seasons are just centered around getting just, fucked up. Mm-hmm. Well, that's pretty much all of human activity. I, Clint, I could not keep up with Louisiana. <laughs> I used to say this a lot and it was totally normal in Louisiana and everybody else looks at me like, the fuck is wrong with you? How can you drink all day if you don't start in the morning? (laughs) It's a good question. You can't. can't. So you have to start in the morning. Anyway, okay, so tell me the real things about Japan. Okay, so um, I was looking at, like, why it's difficult for Japanese people to come over to to France. To be to France. Yeah. So one thing you hear a lot about Japan is just how, like, nice and clean it is. Um, I have heard that it's clean. Yeah, so, like, one, like, in Japan there's a culture of, like, you never throw trash, like, just on the street or whatever. And there's basically, two like, no trash bins because everyone, like, keeps their trash with them and then, like, they take it home and, like, throw it away. Um, there's also a ton of, like, nonprofits and, like, neighborhoods. They'll organize, like, cleanups and you'll, like, go around and, like, clean up everything. But it's, like, so, so, it's already so clean that they just go and, like, pick up, like, little cigarette butts. Yeah, it's, like, you couldn't really notice it, but they do it so much, they keep it from, like, How do Japanese people not have this happen when they go to New York City? Like, New York City is so gross. Because they know what to expect. They know it's going to be gross. Yeah. Okay, Mm -hmm. fair. Also, like, like, trucks, like, big, like, truck drivers, like, they'll clean off their cars all the time, so they're not, like, tracking dirt, like, through the streets. So what you're saying is that Japanese people have never smelt the smell of hot garbage. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's basically like a country full of people with OCD. Oh, those poor <laughs> sensitive sallies. Um, and then um, one thing we were talking about too was um, that there's a big culture of like community in Japan. Um, like it's all about, there's a real emphasis on the group, not the, the individual. Yeah. yeah. You know, I have a theory about this because I read a fiction book that was set in Japan and Korea. Pachinko, if anyone's wondering. It's been all over the fucking place this last year. But um, I was thinking about this, that a lot of places that tend to develop a very, like, polite, like, collective kind of culture what you're describing like mm-hmm. japan is an island it's mm-hmm. small you can't get away and britain is like that too right mm-hmm. and even korea like all these a lot of places where they are sort of stereotyped as being more society based and more about the group like you would have to do that to survive on an island with uh, like a small population right? yeah mm-hmm. whereas like in the united states we're known for being very rude and open and like we say whatever we want because there's so much space yeah you could just get away from something right you yeah. can just move very easily mm-hmm. yeah even even if you think west coast versus east coast in the united states west coast yeah. we have so much more space and land and it's a much more transitory culture mm-hmm. Whereas like in the east coast even if you move from one connecticut city to another it's still really small and compact and a lot more people but too like on the east coast there's a lot more rules of like you should be dressed a little bit nicer right, right? and like yeah so there's, you, there's a lot like more, more etiquette. yeah there's yeah. more etiquette and more like expectations that you need to live up to yeah because you have to behave a certain way because 
there's not a lot of space for mm. you to go. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And like Westerners are like, don't tell me where to shoot my gun. I'll shoot it wherever I want. And if you happen to be in its way, that's your fault. Yeah, I kind of love that. I like I when people were like, why didn't you like Louisiana? And I was like, well, I grew up in the West. And in the West, conservatism is like libertarianism. Mm -hmm. Like, it's mm -hmm. like, just leave me alone to do my shit mm -hmm. and you can yeah. do your shit. Mm -hmm. But in the South, conservatism is do what I tell you to do right now. A lot of people. According to Jesus. A lot of people like talk about like the Nevada, like political disposition. And it's like very libertarian. It's like, so libertarian. Even like yeah. anyone like on the conservative liberal kind of spectrum, everyone's still like pretty like libertarian. Yeah. It's like, let's just let people like let people do what be. they want. Yeah. Colorado is a lot like that too, which is where I live now, mm -hmm. um, which you know, but listeners probably know too. Yeah. Do you think we have regular listeners who know that? I don't, well, I mean, we do have probably people before they're driven insane who are regular listeners. What did you say? You vomit and weep or <laughs> yeah. whatever your symptoms are every time well, you I, get it? I definitely feel um, persecuted. Persecuted. The weird thing though is... You keep doing it voluntarily <laughs> to yourself. So this just tells me that you enjoy vomiting and feeling persecuted and farting or whatever else your symptoms were. All right. So anyway, that is a good point that Japan is full of like densely populated areas yeah. and like very rural areas. So you like that politeness helps like, you know, keep everyone moving and you like no to, fights and stuff. You have to keep society. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like really rude to be on the like on the on the uh, train and like be yelling into your speakerphone. Like there's not a lot of fights that happen because no. there's no there's no like personal space, right? Like if you're having like a fight oh. with your spouse or something, oh. like you can't you have to wait till you get home to like resolve that. I will say my family and I were talking about this recently. I'm taking you on so many asides right now. I have we were talking about going to India. My mom and I were both like talking like, oh I'd love to go to India and then I, I was saying my brother's been to Asia, he's been to Singapore and somewhere else I can't remember. Um, and I said, I have, I am, I didn't realize how much of an American I was about this, but I take my personal space very seriously. Mm -hmm. And and my mom was like, well, even like, we could find somewhere in India that's not as densely populated. And I'm like, not even like on a crowded subway, fine, I understand that, but like, just how close someone gets to you when they're talking to you. Mm -hmm. Even in Mexico, there were times where I was like, yeah. <laughs> like I want my bubble at all times and that's such an American thing to want like a lot of personal space and mm -hmm. a lot of privacy yeah uh -huh. and like I I think I could visit Asia but I do not know if I could live there because of what I've heard about the differences in cultural personal space but I think too like in Japan like they respect personal space but it's like they're just all kind of like just, jammed in but together. But it's much closer. Yeah, but I think too, like, like they're frightened. Yeah, it's not like people are like really close to each other. Like you have to be, but also they kind of like get along and respect each other's personal space. It seems like. That's like I uh, when I lived in New York for that summer, people were always like New Yorkers are rude, and I'm like. They're not rude. It's just that, like, they don't have so time for much, your bullshit. Well, no, not even that. It's just like so much of your life is in the public, like uh -huh. all of your commuting, all of your shop. That, like, mm -hmm. you 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 go out of your way to give people psychic personal space, mm -hmm. like, uh, so you don't pay attention to them. But like, if you fall, like, I one time I fell, like it was raining, and I slipped when I was going into the subway and just like fell on my ass, and I was fine. 
But like several people like stopped to be like, are you okay? Do you need help up? And I was like, no, I'm totally fucking fine. Like, and they were like, I was like, no, no, I'm fine. And they're like, okay, bye. But like, it was just like this weird thing where like the minute something actually happened, they are very kind and human and they'll help you out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But if you don't need it. Like if you've been stabbed, they're like, oh my God, you've been stabbed. Let me call it like. Yeah. yeah. But like if I was like crying, Um, they would leave me alone to give you that privacy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Which also is like a weird, I think very American thing of like negotiating this like do i get involved or not yeah uh-huh i think there are a lot of other cultures where you would like like when i was in italy this is another long story that i won't tell you but there was a problem where i had a big problem on the train and i started like crying and freaking out and so many italians were like use my phone do this do that and like i just it like my instinct was to be like just leave me alone <laughs> uh and, and that's like a very different cultural thing that they they got involved a lot more Um, Anyway, Japan. Yeah, Japan. Um, So, like we said, they're very, like, Mm -hmm. group-focused. Like, Japanese culture is, like, very hierarchical. Um, They have, like, honorifics, you know, that they put on their names a lot, whether, like, you're a teacher or a friend and that sort of thing. And there's all these different ways of talking depending, like, on your relationship to a person. Um, It's very hierarchical. mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And just tons of, like, pressure to conform to the group. Like, even from an early age, like, you go to school, everyone's in uniforms. Yeah. Um, And then it's just, like, always, like, achieve, right? You're, like, doing your tests so you can get into a good high school. And then you're really stressed about your, you know, college, you know, exams. And then you get into college, and then you're worried about what job you're going to get. And then you get into a job, and you're worried about, like, how you're going to progress up the company. And, and then you get thing. out of your job, and you worry about how you're going to do retirement. And then you get out of retirement, and you're like, how am I going to do in debt? <laughs> How are the Shinto gods going to guide my journey? I don't know what Japanese people think death is like, but anyway. Um, and so my other point either. is that um, Japanese people, and I've thought this for a while, are already on the edge of sanity. They're already just like this close away from like total freak out. Well, so so this is interesting too, because as you've been telling me this about Japan, I'm like, why France still? But France, when I think of France, I think of it as like, the epitome of culture and they're so proper and they're so perfect whereas like americans sort of have this reputation of being rude and shitty and awful so that's why you wouldn't get this horrible meltdown when you go anywhere else but france everyone thinks france is like this beautiful jewel yeah mm-hmm, exactly and then they're like no they're just as rude and gross as americans yeah see that's it's all about expectations um so i don't know like I'm too, like, Japanese people are just on the edge of sanity. Have you ever seen, like, a Kurosawa movie? Like, Seven... I forget it was, like, Seven Samurai or, you know, like, whatever. But, like, there's a good, like, five minutes of, like, the... I think it's Seven Samurai where it's just, like, a Japanese um, peasant. And he's, like, lamenting how awful his life is and, like, how he's nothing to eat. And he's just, like, on the ground, like, crying, like, kicking, just, like, yeah, having just, like, a hissy fit, and it's, like, it was just, like, really, I don't know, and he was just, like, screaming, just, like, I hate being a Japanese peasant, this is so awful. Beautiful cinema. (laughs) Um, Well, I will say, this is, like, expectation, uh, how expectations frame things, they do studies that people who, people who are right-wing and are, like, don't give people social services, really, like, to cite this, where there's, like, studies that people who are poor 
sometimes rate higher on happiness scales than people who have more money. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. it's because people who have more money have their expectations really high and uh -huh. nothing ever meets that. Yeah. Whereas like if you're like lower middle class, you're kind of like, well, I just want to meet like be able to pay my bills and maybe like save 50 bucks a month. Mm -hmm. And if you hit that, you're ecstatic because your expectations are so low. You're like, I just don't want to be on the brink of disaster. Mm -hmm. And if you are above that, you're like, fantastic. <laughs> yeah. But then like when you're kind of upper class, you're like, well, why don't I have my own private yacht yet? Fucking bitches. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But being poor, you tend to die earlier. Oh, the stress of being yeah. poor is fucking insane <laughs> like just whenever some student or some person's like why are poor people doing xyz and i'm like because it's stressful leave them alone <laughs> you leave poor people alone oh my god um so um too like i'm a bit of a weeaboo um i enjoy okay. like that's someone who's like really into japanese culture it's like, okay, yeah. yeah, I don't like a Francophile, but it's also like a, a pejorative term. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you, you watch anime? Yes, yeah, I do watch do you, anime. Do you have a body pillow with a, with a, like a, a lady on it? Uh, no. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> what is her name? Uh, Kimi-san. Kimi-san, isn't that... <laughs> What is uh, in 30 Rock? That was, it was James, James Franco, Franco and yeah. Kumiko? Yeah, Kumiko-chan or something like that. It's, that's my favorite episode of, of 30 Rock, because I love James Franco, even though I think he's exiled from being a creep uh, from Hollywood. But he was, like, just so weird and funny on that one, and he was always... He is really, he is really good at comedic stuff, mm -hmm. I have to say. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not sure I can get behind any of his more serious things, but anything funny, he's really great at that. Um, but, yeah, I'm a big fan of, like, One Piece, which is, like, the biggest Japanese comic book. Um, like ever um, there's like Jojo's Bizarre Adventure which is like a really funny weird thing that has like a crazy culture in the I, US I don't know any of yeah they're just stuff. crazy weird stuff um, I love Giabachi I mean everyone loves Studio Giabachi and don't know what that is. like How's Moving Castle Spirit Away that. Princess you, Mononoke you made me watch one and I was oh you fell asleep during it yeah uh-huh I cannot remember which it was. And I remember being like, I like it. And I just kept falling asleep. And you were like, wake up. And I'm like, I am awake. I tried not to bug you too much because we were like, we're going to show each other our favorite movies. And you showed me The Crystal Skull, Indiana Jones and The Crystal Skull. And I fell asleep through that too. And then, yeah, that was that was a doom trip. That was like Emily. That could be an excellent movie because that was like Emily and Clint are going to meet up in San Francisco <laughs> And that that was Halloween weekend, wasn't it? No, I think this was this is when we were in college. No. Oh, no, no, you no. know what? Janan was there when Janine you watched. Janan was yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Janice. Janine. Janan. None of us can see. <laughs> I have another friend named Janan, so that's. We why. have actually now that I'm thinking about this was two separate San Francisco trips. Both times I visited you. Did I only visit you twice? I think so. Anytime, anyway, whatever I visited you in San Francisco, she just went fucking bananas. Like, mm -hmm. sideways fast. Definitely, definitely. Well, there was one time that... The time that I made out with the person who had the same costume Let, as me on was, Halloween. And yeah, then two lumberjacks. And I threw up in your bathroom yeah. yep. for hours. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was Always like, a good time when Emily comes to town, let me yeah. tell you. All right. So, anyway. Japan. Um, Japan's weird. Shout so, out to an old joke with a friend. So, like, a lot of their, like, narratives and stuff just, like, literally, like, devolve into a san insanity. 
I remember watching this one uh, movie called Suicide Club when I was like a kid. What a surprise that something <laughs> called Suicide Club ends in craziness. <laughs> and it was just like it ends. You're like, what's going on? I don't know if it's like a cultural thing. Like you're just not getting it. But like a lot of stuff is just like what Kurt, the guy who who first turned me on to this, we're just like a lot of Japanese narratives like are going really well. And then they just start to like collapse under the weight of their own insanity. Uh, Neo Genesis Evangelion. Have you ever heard of that? I've heard of it, but That's, I don't know anything except that it's an anime. Yeah, and, and it has giant like robots. Yeah, mm -hmm. I hadn't watched it. I was like aware of it for the longest time, and they just put it on Netflix, and I watched it. And I was so disappointed because the ending is just like, is just like a bunch of like random images. It's like, who am I? Like, do people like me? And just like every like fifteen-year-old boys just like thinks like what's edgy and cool and like philosophical Ugh, and that, that sort of thing. That stresses me out. Um, okay. I don't like any of that. So other weird things that Japan is known for is having crazy game shows, right? There's this one that That's I know true. where there's a room filled with just normal items. Some of them are chocolate. Some of them are chocolate. We've, told, we've yeah. had many conversations yeah. about this. The trick is to find, or are you supposed to find the things that are chocolate or are not? And you're just tasting, they're just tasting random objects too. The weird thing about that is like you could like rub something and tell if it's chocolate or not. I don't, you don't have to immediately taste it. I think that's against the uh, spirit of the show. I think I, you have to taste it. This is why yeah. I, I, maybe I should not visit Japan. But I, in like a chat room, like a Discord chat room that I'm in, my um, my avatar is a gif of a Japanese guy biting into a doorknob and then it breaking off and him smiling. <laughs> Zero surprise. Yeah. Zero surprise. Um, other crazy stuff that I noted, uh, you can buy like tons of stuff from vending machines, like used panties. Oh yeah, um, knows that. I heard though that that was only like, it happened only very like a short time in the 90s. Mm. And it was like very short lived. It was or a one time like thing. Yeah. Still though, Japan, um, you did it once. Mm -hmm. um, also the, their weird anime porn, the hentai, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, I do know what that is. <laughs> um, but it's not because I like Japan, it's just because I like knowing about weird things. <laughs> And their weird fascination with octopuses, like even like in like ancient times, they have like those weird images of like women like doing sexual stuff with octopuses and that sort of thing. It's very, it's very creepy. You know, every once in a while, I, I find out about something like that, and I'm like, I just why? Okay, let me think through how this works. And then there's just a part where my brain goes, No, stop trying to think, stop trying to make it make sense. Just let it be. Put it on a shelf and walk away. And that's like just what happened. Where I was like. Well, I guess the tentacle is kind of shaped like a penis and like is the sucker a thing. And then I was like, no, no, just let it go, Emily. Well, they also say because there's like weird censorship stuff yeah, in the so porn. Like, so yeah. like you can show a tentacle without like censoring okay. it. But you can't show a penis. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even in the porns. Yeah. It's just like a sigh of frustration. That's a whole new all things That's terror. a whole different yeah. all things terror porn. <laughs> Um, so any like commercials too are super crazy and weird. I don't know if you've ever seen a Japanese commercial, but they're just like very frenetic and like crazy, crazy things happening. I remember this one um, that was like a gum commercial and like this woman who's like, it was like these two different gums. Like you could get one that's like a two feet long gum thing, or Why? you could get the same amount in these little packs that are just like short ones, right? Why would you need two feet of gum? <laughs> I don't know, but it was like, it was like, love men! And then um, this woman is like, has a boyfriend who does the short stuff. And then there's this like really handsome Japanese guy. And there's these like 
with the long one, so it's like a penis joke the yeah, whole time. Yeah, I was going to say, is this a penis yeah. joke? Yeah, um, and she's always continuously like lusting after this guy, and he's like showing up in weird places, and then the short guy is marrying the woman, and the guy shows up, and you think he's going to take the woman away, but he takes the man away, because he likes his short gum. Aw, yeah, kind of it's really cute. It's really cute. There's um, hope for you yet with your corkscrew short gum penis. Part. <laughs> um, Wait, we were talking about. We're talking about how weird Japan is. Were we talk? We were talking about weird penises though earlier. The right angle oh, penis. Go to a doctor. Yes, that will probably make it into this episode. Well, listen, <laughs> if I'm the one editing it, I'm lazy. I'm gonna cut nothing out. Go so. for it. Go for it. Um, they also have your a deepest secret. Oh. They have a lot of weird uh, flavors of, like, weird stuff in Japan. Like, okay. there was a European cheese-flavored Kit Kat. European cheese? Yeah. Like a blue cheese? Is I don't know. I have no clue what it means. What would a cheese Kit Kat? What does that mean? So, like, is this, like, Cheeto dust for the chocolate? I don't think so. Like, I don't chocolatey know. Cheeto it's dust? It's like there's some sort of cheese flavor. I don't know. Don't ask me. I don't know what cheese-flavored Kit Kats taste like. <laughs> um, well, so I'm picturing that the wafers are just the same. Yeah. And then the chocolate, instead of being, like, sweet chocolate, it's, like, a paste. Like, maybe, like, you know, uh, what were the things when we were kids that they had little packets and they have, like, the little... Breadsticks. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Stick it in yeah. the cheese. Yeah. Uh-huh. Do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah. It has a little plastic thing. Like a thing. little dipper. Yeah. Uh-huh. What was it called? I forget. But you know what I mean. Like, yeah. that's what I'm kind of mm-hmm. expecting the cheese Kit Kat to taste like. I have no clue, but they have a lot of weird candy and stuff over there. Like, crazy, like wasabi flavors and that. I do like weird candy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last thing I noted about is that um, it's like a Japanese tradition to eat KFC for Christmas. I read recently that KFC, there are more KFCs in the world than any other fast food restaurant. That makes sense. More than McDonald's I mean, fried chicken is good. Fried chicken is like a southern thing, right? It, does yeah. anyone else in the world do fried chicken? I think France does. I mean, they do roast chicken. Yeah. Mexico loves Subway. Their Subway's fucking everywhere That's weird. in Mexico. They it's need to weird. get some more Porter Subs out there. Porter Subs Ooh. is a local Reno sub shop. You don't like Porter Subs? Portobello yeah. is from Reno. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, you don't see it anywhere else. You've been more to the country than I have. You see Portobello's everywhere, like on the I west have. coast. On the west coast, mm-hmm. yeah. They started in Reno. Are yeah. you making that up? No, hmm, I did not know yeah. that. Mm-hmm. It's Port of Subs, but I always said Portobello's. Yeah, you say it Porto Subs. Porto Subs. Yeah, like porta potty. Yeah, Porto Subs. Yeah, but but the restaurant name is Port of, of Subs. Subs. Yes, but nobody says it. You say yeah. Porto Subs. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, and then one other reason that the Japanese are kind of crazy um, is their to- toxic work culture. You just, like, work yourself to death. Yeah. So, like, your boss is God. Um, mm. What was it? Um, there's this um, kind of verb. It's like, oh, ho-ri-so. So you always report to your boss, you contact them, and then you consult them. So, like, no matter, like, any decision, how small, Ooh. you're supposed to, like... Talk Bring like it to your boss. Times. Yeah. Uh huh. Oh my god, that's you're, exhausting. You're also expected to drink um, with your coworkers after mm. work. I like that. Um, I don't. I don't. I want to just leave my work at work. So and like to like whatever your boss says like out when you're drinking and stuff. I um, like. I like having friends. I am not as bad as these. I like everyone to be my friend and to have fun with people. 
So actually, I am the person in academia that has to have my office door closed because otherwise everyone will stop <coughs> and talk to me and I will love it and I won't get any work done. Um, I have to like isolate myself to do it because otherwise I would just walk around and I'm friends with people and I'm like, what's up? No, I'm, I'm the same way where like at my old office, I would just like, I could wander around and talk to people all yeah. day, like get no work, yep. work done. Um, so also like if you fall asleep at your office, um, that's like considered a good thing. Um, nearly a quarter of Japanese companies have employees working more than 80 hours of overtime a month, unpaid. How is that even possible? <coughs> That's like, if it's if it's a weekday, I mean, um, That's so... That's like you work all your weekends. It, you work, like, until, like, 10 o'clock at night or something like that, and then you go home, go to sleep, and then come back. Ugh. There was this woman who no, no, um, jumped to her death after working 100 hours of overtime in one month. So if you think about that, it's that's like twenty five. Like literally every waking moment. <coughs> that's um twenty five hours a week. Extra. Yeah, and that's five hours a day, right? In a work week, so you're working five extra hours a day. Oh. All right, um, and then too, I thought this was interesting. Um, the Japanese have like a word for uh, working yourself to death. It's uh, karyoshi or something like that. So I just thought it was interesting. Like awesome. we don't have a word, right? If you worked yourself to death. Mm-mm. No. Yeah. So I thought that was an just interesting. Just like a heart attack or hypertension. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but they have a specific word that describes working yourself to death. So Oops. I think that's how bad. Uh, the work, you know, it's just like the work culture is really bad. Um, I think too, like young people like really started to like rebel against it. So I think they're called like otaku's of people who just, that. yeah, who just like I don't want to like go into the work culture. Mm-hmm. Um, but like that's like the only choice. Like either like work like a hundred extra hours a month, or you don't get you don't get any jobs or or stuff like that. So, hmm. um, and then too, this just came up recently that. Um, it was reported that Japan in 2019 they had the lowest birth rate in 100 years since they've been recording their birth rates. Wow. Yeah. That's not great. So Is it that? fell to 864,000 babies born in 2019, um, and I think some of like the work culture is part of that. Like other countries, like fertility is also like plummeting worldwide like yeah. in germany and that sort of thing so the u.s too although yeah. the u.s also has the highest mother and infant mortality rate of all developed nations mm-hmm. so yep. we're also just killing people when they get through yeah um so yeah so i think um in conclusion um the reason this happens is because just like japan and france are like so different from each other right there's just like so many things that like Japanese people aren't used to and they're expecting it to be like this great like Euro Disneyland of like super awesome, you know, like stuff. Um, and I was thinking about this and I just think it comes down to like the way that like Japanese and French people deal with the existential terror of like being a person, right? And so like in France, it's like very like ennui, right? You're just yeah. like oh, I'm just going to smoke this cigarette and have a glass of wine and eat this baguette with cheese and then make love to a woman and then paint, paint about it later. I and was going to say, both cultures do still smoke, which mm-hmm. is kind of awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Asian cultures are a lot of smoking. Just tell us more. 
And then just in Japan, though, you just, like, deal with that by, like, keeping your head down and then, like, working yourself you work to death. and never acknowledge mm-hmm. it. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, I yeah. see that. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. I'm convinced. hmm So, anyway, I guess if you just go to France, just know what you're getting into and, and try not to go insane, so... For Americans. Yeah. Americans only go insane by being left to their own devices. <laughs> you give them any external stimulation, they're fine. But it's just like when you're like, hey, be by yourself. And they're like, what is happening? <laughs> so, yeah. I had a two-section of people uh, who hate Paris Syndrome. Uh, hated. Yeah, so like... Who, like, think it's not real. Well, it's just like, yes. So um, there's this one article that really made me mad. Well, the, so first the Atlantic um, called Paris Syndrome. Um, the illness seems to have taken its place as the 21st century gout. Just slightly too privileged a problem to sympathize with. But, but gout is like a real thing that people still get. Yeah, but you get gout by like having a really bad diet. It's called like the King's disease. Well, it's called the King's disease yeah. because... Kings used to get it because they basically weren't starving. Mm-hmm. And nowadays, yeah. if you get gout, it's triggered by certain foods. But it's not like it's not like diabetes. It's not yeah. like you get it because of lifestyle. There's a great episode of Disenchanted, which is what Matt Greening, the Simpsons uh, creator, um, do you like did that recently. Show? What Disenchanted? Yeah. it's pretty funny. It's not as good as like Futurama. Or You're anything. like the only person on earth that I've heard describe to, like, it bring as it good. Out. So, like, the king, he's trying to get gout because, like, another king has it. And he's trying to, like, keep up with the Joneses with him. It's pretty funny. Um, But also there is this one article, um, too, that says why Paris Syndrome is BS. And it was done by, like, it was on Wonder Dolls in 2017. And there's, like, this Canadian, like, blonde, like, 20-year-old who's like, well, I went to France and, like, yeah, sure, it was disappointing, but I didn't go crazy. So this isn't a thing. I'm like, well, very good scientific study in there, so. Oh, Canada. <laughs> so, anyway. So, I guess we can conclude by saying that Canada is the real enemy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As always. Blame, As always. Blame Canada. Blame Canada. Yeah. The end. Let's eat burritos. Okay. All Things Terror is written, recorded, and produced by two amateurs, Jennifer and Emily. Our sound editor is Clint. Intro music is by Cosimo Fogg. Come chat with us on Twitter at All Things Terror or Instagram at All Things Terror Podcast. Ask nicely and we'll probably send you a really cute sticker. If you like this podcast, tell a friend or write a review. It really helps us and helps more people find us. Goodbye forever. Driver, I don't like see my own performance. Oh my god. <laughs>